Love is the reason. It's the reason we're here on this planet, and it's the reason we're here at our centers. I was thinking about my granddaughter about 20 years ago. She was about four years old. She was sitting on my porch, and every time someone went by, didn't matter who, she would wave to them. She just went on for a little while. Someone would walk by, someone would ride their bike, someone might be pushing a shopping cart. She'd wave. And at some point, she turned to me and she said, I'm waving to all your neighbors. And the thing that struck me is I didn't know any of these people. I didn't know a single one. This morning, our topic in this month of love is love thy neighbor. So the first question that comes to mind is who is our neighbor? Is it that person that lives next to us, the person in our block, the person in that bigger neighborhood in which we live? In this country, the Canadians and the Mexicans are our neighbors. Right now, the people sitting in front of you and behind you and beside you are your neighbors. Right now, the people sitting across the aisle from you are your neighbors. And the people sitting across the political aisle from you are your neighbors. We're here to discover that love that leaves no one out. In this teaching of oneness, no one is left out. In this one expression of life, no one is left out. We can call them friend. We can call them family, community, or we can call them foe, enemy. I love that all the teachings, all the teachings of the world talk about love. Talk about treating each other as we want to be treated ourselves. And then we hear these words from the Christian text that says, even more. Paraphrasing, who cares if you love your friends? I'm asking you to love your enemies. So what is this? One of the things that I've heard on stages in this movement for years, talking about loving, and certainly we are here and we are opening our hearts more and more, I'm hoping, and we can do that. There's so many spiritual practices that invite us to open our hearts more. But I hear this statement, to love all people is not to like them. I want to push it even further this morning, though. What does it mean when I say I don't like somebody? Because I think that's a call for me to look again from whence I'm standing. The love I'm talking about this morning isn't that mushy, heartfelt love. It's that love beyond human understanding. Is that recognizing that something bigger than we can even imagine is always going on. When I was a, a kid, I was six years old and we moved to a new, a new house. And I was growing up in a suburb of Atlanta. 
You know, it's a nice middle-class suburb with all these nice housewives at home getting together during the daytime. And I remember the first time a woman in the neighborhood came by our house with a coffee cup in her hand. Because this is what we did in the South. People would just show up uninvited and come in and have coffee with you. And I remember my mother in no uncertain terms saying, no, I don't want you here. It didn't take long for my parents to become the unfriendly neighbors that no one could visit and no one wanted to visit. And yet they were neighbors. I'm very grateful to say that myself and my siblings found our way through that wall that my parents seemed to set up. And yet I recognized that wall. I was in battle with that wall for a long time. And it was a, and not until I became an adult after practicing and doing my spiritual work that I started recognizing and seeing how hurt and scared my parents were. How much my mother really wanted connection. She wanted friends. She just didn't know that she could have them. All of us have stuff under the surface, right? You ever have stuff under the surface you're not showing everybody? We have our stories, our hurts, our ideas, the things that we are both wired in as we come into this world and the things we get acculturated with in our upbringing. And beyond all that, there is that that is the expression of life. And it connects us, all of us, There's a beautiful poem by the Islamic poet, master mystic, Hafiz. He says, what if God invited you to a party and said, everybody there will be my treasured gift, guest. What if, how would you treat them as you came in? And indeed, Everyone in this world is my invited guest. When we stop and look at this teaching, don't we have to recognize that? In this understanding of one life, one creator, spirit, the divine life itself, one source. That everyone is here because the divine has brought us here. It's that one source. Love. God is love. Life is love. Knowing itself, only knowing itself. We call that love. Have you noticed that we have ideas in our head that thinks that our world and our ideas, opinions are the right ones? We see through our unique vision and our eyes and our stories And we think that's reality. Everybody should be in alignment with that. Right? Our partners, our kids, our parents, our leaders, the Christians. What's happening with the Christians? 
but I'm not here to talk about them. What's happening with the religious scientists? That's us. Where do we stand in this understanding of life, of one source, of one creator, of this one love? Because that's always and only our work. Are we aligning with the oneness? Are we seeing something that is beyond human understanding? Beyond human judgments and appearances? Are we judging by appearances? Well, yes, we do it all the time. And certainly as a human being, I have preferences. Anybody else have preferences? Things I like, things I don't like. People I think that are really good and beautiful and those I might not. But spiritual practice is about stepping behind all of that and recognizing beyond what I can even see and know there's something going on. And I can't judge that. Now that doesn't mean we don't take a stand for justice. But it does call us to not not stand in vindictiveness. It doesn't mean that we don't take steps to shift and change things. But it means that we don't come from hatred. It's big work. No wonder the Christians are having a hard time, supposedly. Don't we say that? Oh my God, what's with them? They, don't, they aren't getting the basic teaching. Well, our basic teaching is oneness and love. It's big work. Love's not big work. Love's not hard. It's our very nature. We're just so used to believing our story and our idea. All of us. This is just the way it is. I can see good and bad, right and wrong. And I'm not saying all this is good and people are just being good. I'm just saying something bigger is going on. I like to talk about nature a lot. We are nature. We are a part of nature. We seem to think we're apart from nature, but we are a part of nature. The mighty oak puts its roots down into the ground. And those roots emit organic compounds into the soil. And those compounds feed the bacteria, the invisible bacteria, not warm and fuzzy, not something we have seeming relationship with. They feed that bacteria and the bacteria in return sends out nutrients that feed the mighty oak. One system. We are an integral part of that one system. Nothing, no one left out. I can name the oak as more mighty and wonderful, more godlike than the bacteria. But is it really? It sounds like love being love. It sounds like that principle of spiritual circulation we talk about, right? Every Sunday we talk about it. Not I'm here to receive, not here how much can I give. But that there's something happening all the time. We aren't just getting into relationship. We are interrelated. Always. With everyone. 
And so this morning, looking at love, from that perspective of loving thy neighbor, people we know, people we don't know, neighbors we like, neighbors we seemingly don't like, we're invited to come here to remember there is a greater truth always going on. There's a teaching I heard in my study and practice of Buddhism. I've heard it for years that everybody that challenges you is the Buddha nature here to call you to your own awakening. Ernest Holmes says this. He says, everyone is a reflection of your own consciousness. And it's inviting us to align with oneness so that we can respond from oneness, not from our judgment and our idea. Now, I have a judging mind. And I might say, I'm pretty sure that if you have a mind, it judges. Because the human mind does. It's not bad. It's not wrong. But spiritual practice is about interrupting that, noticing it, and coming to a deeper place. Beyond what I can see and know. So that I can respond from my highest expression of who I really am, who we really are. Because everybody has a story and everybody has a part. And like I said, it doesn't mean that we don't stand up. It doesn't mean that we don't work towards. It doesn't mean that we don't leave bad relationships. But we stop blaming. We stop creating enemies in our mind. Big work. It's so much easier to go to war than it is to sit at peace talks, isn't it? It's just what we are so used to doing. We're so used to fighting and calling the other wrong. So how do we love our neighbor? How do we love our enemy? We do it by recognizing that we are more than this separate self. And these judging and perceiving ideas in us that says, I am here and you are there. To recognize there's something bigger happening and life is doing the work. And we're listening for that. As Howard Thurman says, we're listening for the sound of the genuine. There's something in us that already is there that is a divine love. And I don't mean that in some woo-woo idea, something abstract. I mean that it's the very nature of being. There is that that already knows and is. We're just getting underneath the stories and the judgments so that we can hear and allow forth that love. As St. Francis says, let me be an instrument. And how do we be an instrument? We tune our instrument. How do we tune our instrument? We recognize when we're caught in our judging mind. There's a beautiful poem by Rumi. Your task is not to seek for love. 
but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. In this tradition, we talk about pulling the weeds. That's what we're talking about. Where am I caught in believing my judgment? Pull that weed. Even if I have to pull it for a whole lifetime. Because weeds comes back. Judging thoughts come back. We're not getting rid of them. We're just recognizing that they're, recognizing that they're not the truth of our being. And they're not the truth of life. Because the truth of life is that one source, that divine love, that life that holds all of us, that expresses through all of us. We're not creating the divine love. We're recognizing it underneath. Nelson Mandela, after being imprisoned for years... Cast into hard, brutal labor. Because he was black. Really. He said this as he left prison. I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind. I would remain in prison. We have great minds, beautiful minds, creative minds, but we are imprisoned by that subjective thinking, those old stories that we haven't investigated. The same way my mother was imprisoned by her self-doubt that then turned into hatred of others. She just was feeling so unworthy, so scared. And no one had taught her how to stop and inquire and find and know she was more than that. She wanted it. I remember leaving my parents' home in a visit when I was well into my adulthood. And my oldest sister became Islamic in her journey. And my dad, who was, had become a born-again Christian, he really would go after her. And she'd get so upset. And I remember going over to her house after we had visited. And her walking in the door and saying, I hate daddy. And I could feel that pain. And I knew why she had it. My dad was brutal. He was mean. He was mean to me. I was his pet. But I loved my dad. Not in some fluffy way. I saw the terror that he created in his family. But I also saw that he was more than that. And on that day, what I said to my sister is, he doesn't know how to do something different. He's not trying to be mean. And I knew that that was true. He wasn't trying to hurt his kids. He just didn't know how to be a different way. Sometimes we're there. Have you ever felt like you didn't know how to feel something different? For this reason, we come back to our practice. For this reason, we pray again, aligning with oneness beyond human understanding. 
For this reason, we do our classes, our study, our practices to root down into the ground to that one source that is love, that's not having a problem, not having a perception of you and me because the earth doesn't distinguish. The trees not feeling separate from the earth, they are one life. And we're part of that. Right now, we are breathing the breath that the trees give us. We're part of the same. That one source. Love is the reason we're here. Both on the planet. And in this room. Because you're special. Now put that down. Don't get caught by that. (laughs) Because something is in you is seeking to know more. Right? I think that's probably true most people here. We're wanting to know that love. People come to the center and go, oh my gosh, I know this truth. That truth is true in all beings. Not everyone recognizes it. But we always want to come back to what's my next expression? What's my next practice? Because it's not to separate ourselves out. We're the awakened ones. We're the woke ones. I cringe every time I hear those ideas that separate us out. Those labels. Somehow I'm a little holier than the rest of creation. The oak tree knows it's dependent on the soil. The soil and the bacteria are dependent on the oak tree. It's one system. We are that same. The people in your life are not accidentally here. They are here because the divine has called them here. Both onto the earth but also into your life. There's a great line in the Course of Miracles that says, People are either loving... Or they're calling for love. You might be that person sometimes that's calling for love. That's okay. That's what we are. Receive it. See it. But if you're standing in open heartedness. And you're knowing your love. Then extend that love recognize that that's what everyone wants. When people are rooted in their wholeness, they are not hurting. Mine is not to judge those that aren't standing in wholeness. My job is to stand in that bigger wholeness of being and then represent that. Stand for that. It's the reason we're here. It's a big calling. It's a big calling. And yet, it's so simple because it's what we are right now. At the very center of our being is that breath of life. We've just spent a lot more time 
thinking about our stories and our judgments and assessments. We've been taught to do that. But to be love is a big, high calling. I've quoted Mother Teresa again and again, but I'm feeling and hearing her voice now when she turned to somebody who had asked her about her work and said, but you're doing holy work. And she said, we're all doing holy work. Not about the job. Not about the activity. We are doing holy work because we are vessels of that divine expression. Tune your instrument. Be that love. And when I'm seeing separate and I'm liking and not liking and I'm judging, hating, making jokes about. That voice is calling me home. Wait a minute. Who am I really? We don't see ourselves as one with the one. We're one with the one. Come back to your breath. Step back from that judging mind. Don't battle it. Just recognize something bigger is going on. I think of that line that we say at the end of every Sunday service. Something is happening here. It's God in us. It's the divine in us. It is life in us. It is love in us. My work is not how loving you are or not. My work is to love right here. To greet from that higher place. To stand in that higher knowing. It's big work. It's a big calling. And so we're here to answer that call. Just that. We're answering the call home. Where do you not know that you are held, supported, sustained? Where does someone get left out of that? We're opening our hearts by clearing the obstacles. Really. Because the truth of our being is always wholly here. Or as Ernest Holmes says, we are every whit whole right now. And so let's know this in prayer. As we answer Ernest Holmes' call home to that alignment with a oneness beyond human understanding, beyond human perception, beyond all thoughts and experiences of this and that. It is a love beyond human understanding, beyond human feeling. It is that one presence of life. It is where we are. It is right here fully abiding in and as each of us, every one of us. That one presence of life that holds this earth and all that is upon it, that is the very breath breathing through each and every one. And so we come home to our truth. Under the story, under the human experience. The ideas of this and that 
right thinking, wrong thinking. There is that. That is a field of being. It is unity. It is one life. God, Spirit, the divine, the Tao, the ground of being. Call it what you will. It is one life. And it lives in and through and as all that I am. And it lives in and through and as each and every one of us. Individuated together as one life. And so I answer this call home to love. To wholeness. To goodness. And I know and accept that greater surrendering into that divine embrace. That that God supports and sustains us always right here. That that lights the way before us. We are here doing holy work. We are here giving forth that love that is already the very nature of our being. Just as we are right now. It emanates through us and around us. Beyond activity. And so I simply call forth this growing, deepening awareness. Knowing it is God's call home. It is that one spirit of life calling up through us. Reminding us. Showing us the way. It is for this purpose that we are born. It is for this purpose that we join together in conscious awareness. And so I celebrate this call home. God's call home right now. And I celebrate that that knows and is and does it right now. Love is already here. Wholeness already here. Shifting, moving Showing its way in the interrelatedness of life. Showing up as each one. Love to love. And so in this gratitude. In this deep assuredness that this is known. It is done. I simply let go. I let this be. And so it is. Amen.